Hello, I am here today with Terilyn Strauss. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say and start this off um, by thank you for taking the time to talk to me and to be a part of this podcast. Um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I want um, from this podcast and this conversation, um, as well as what my expectations are. Um, so I want this to be an open conversation and for you to feel like you can say whatever comes to mind, seeing that it is your own personal experience. On the other hand, this means that you do not have to say anything that you are not comfortable with talking about. Um, during this talk, I'm going to be focusing on marginalized groups and the use of derogatory terms towards these marginalized groups of people and why it is morally wrong and degrading to say these terms when you're not specifically part of that specific community. Many terms start off as a pejorative or a slur and can later become adopted by the group that is discriminated against with that term, and they become amelioration. Many people argue if one person is allowed to say it, why wouldn't everyone? I am here to get your thoughts on this controversial topic. So, we can first just start off. um, Tell me who you are, what you do, just a little bit of an introduction to yourself. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I really appreciate this opportunity. Uh, As you mentioned, my name is Tara Lynn Strauss. I um, am a principal for Monroe One BOCES, specifically at the Bird Elementary School, uh, which um, services students with significant uh, social, emotional, and traumatic um, experiences. Um, I'm also a uh, classroom teacher um, that taught in the classroom for about 15 years um, and mostly in the realm of special education um, in grades kindergarten through 12th. Okay, thank you. Um, So would you say you have a lot of experience in the special education department? And um, do you kind of understand why I asked you to come here today? Like, do you, would you consider that you work um, for a marginalized group? Like, you work with a marginalized group? Yes, um, I would think that the group specifically that I work with now um, is definitely a marginalized group. I also feel the need to mention, though, I also uh, grew up with a brother um, with significant developmental disabilities um, from the time uh, he's adopted from Korea and from a very, very young age. um, Really, we had to go through, uh, you know, a lot of challenges and difficulties um, in regards to his, you know, cognitive disabilities um, and where he is currently. Wow, that's that's great. Um, I can't wait to hear more about that and your personal experience, especially being so personal and so, hitting so close to home for you. Um, so within this group, um, this marginalized group, I want to focus on the terms or slurs. Um, are there specific words or language that you consider derogatory? Uh, I guess any, yes, most definitely. And it's even difficult for me to even say the word, I think, just because of the um, connotation that it has um, and kind of really the damage that I've seen to um, these groups. Um, But the the word specifically, uh, retard or retarded, um, when dealing with, with individuals with any kind of cognitive disability or an intellectual disability, 
um, is really, really concerning. Um, and I think looking at it as truly a, a form of hate speech. Exactly. Um, and so what kind of thoughts come to mind when I mention derogatory terms or the idea of hate speech? So I, I guess I always try to think when I'm trying to educate people or take a moment where someone uses that term, um, kind of turning it into a teachable moment, um, but making people realize that, that that term is something that's old per se, which really related to mental retardation. Um, which was a term for people with intellectual impairments. Um, And really it replaced other words or other terms that were even more offensive than uh, retarded. Um, And I think what's happened now is that word has um, really become used in a way that uh, it's an insult. It's, it, it goes along with people or times when people may use the word stupid um, or idiot. And it really just shows a very lackluster of any kind of respect for those with intellectual disabilities to even use that word in any kind of way. Um, so I do, I, I find it very relatable um, into being a form of hate speech as it does specifically affect a group um, in terms of what their challenges are, their their day-to-day um, experiences, um, and truly a group that that is oppressed at times within our society. That was a great answer. Um, so how about if someone, per se, who is a part of that marginalized group, um, how do you feel or what would your reaction be um, to someone saying them or using those terms in a negative or positive way. So say someone with an intellectual disability or someone who is um, disabled. I think my concern that um, anybody that uses that term um, specifically with an intellectual disability or um, with some kind of you know uh, intellectual challenges um, it's concerning because it means they haven't been been taught I think kind of the um, the realm of where that word comes from and so they've heard that word um, and maybe truly don't have an understanding of, of what that word means um, and really it comes down to uh, how they feel about themselves or even how they perceive others that may look like them or act like them um, or, you know, be like them. Uh, I think, again, that's that's using, you know, the time and the opportunity to, to make it a teachable moment where if you ha- hear someone with an intellectual disability use the word retarded, um, take that time and reassure them that that's, you know, really a, not a term that, that they would want to um, use regarding themselves or others. Yeah, and um, I know a lot of people um, my age or specifically or even growing up, it's like this idea that, well, I don't mean it in a bad way. I don't mean it like that. Like, I love people who have disabilities. It's like, it doesn't, I don't mean it like that. What would you say to someone who said that? Or like, how could someone who's put in that situation who wants to stop um, the spread of this word and the use of this word, how would you, um, what would you say is a coping mechanism or some way that they could educate someone else on why they shouldn't be using this word? So I, 
as uncomfortable as it is, I think anytime that you're dealing with any kind of hate speech, um, that really it's, it's making, engaging in uncomfortable conversations. So I think you have to have a really firm belief of why um, that word should not be used. So for instance, you used, you know, your, your age group, or even growing up when someone would say, oh my gosh, that's so retarded, or you're, you're such a retard. Um, it might be spoken in jest, but what they're really indicating is that um, there's a level of stupidity or idiocracy um, or some kind of intellectual disability. And when they say, well, you know, I know somebody who, you know, who's, who's, uh, you know, has intellectual challenges. I don't mean it that way. I relate it to the same way as when someone says, oh my gosh, that's so gay. And then they say, well, I'm not homophobic. I didn't mean it that way. Or even when, you know, someone uses the terminology um, when it comes to race and they say, well, my gosh, I'm not racist. I have a lot of black friends. Well, really what you're doing is you are, you're adding to that societal um, understanding that it's okay because you know someone or it's okay because you have an understanding. It does not give you permission to use a derogatory term. And so I think really being confident and bringing to light, um, you know, when that word is used and giving people a reason why not to use that word. I mean, for example, you know, in 2010, there was actually Rosa's law, which was passed that eliminated all references um, to mental retardation in the U.S. And they really replaced the term with mental disability or an individual with an intellectual disability. I remember when my my brother was younger and we were going through the special education process um, and, you know, he was receiving his IEP. I remember the connotation that came with his um classification, which my family really struggled with, and it was MR, mental retardation. And I would, I clearly remember the incredible pain that it caused my family to read that on a piece of paper or to, to consider a family member um, to be called mentally retarded when really they were so much more than just that terminology. So I think really educating yourself and taking moments and being comfortable to be uncomfortable. People are going to become defensive when you kind of, for lack of a better word, call them out. Um, but I feel like unless we start doing that and we have those conversations, um, we're going to be stuck in a society that continues to use derogatory terms and hate speech as a way of life. And it's just not okay. Yeah, I could not agree with you more with anything you just said. Um in this class that I'm taking right now, moral development that this podcast is for, um, we talk about something called the social domain theory. Um, that basically is when you're born, you're born with a moral compass. Um, and that's what we naturally know. Um, so before society constructs it or changes it. So we know that when you're born, like when you're younger, killing someone is bad. Like it's, that's mean or not to hit hands to self. Um, but then you could be put in a, um, environment where that is taught that is, it is okay. So that's kind of where, um, we can see the same thing 
with society normalizing these derogatory terms and this hate speech, hate speech and saying, well, like I was saying, well, I know someone who ha like who has a, a mental disability or I know someone who is black. I know someone who is gay. And I love the fact that you brought up the LGBTQ community as well as the black community because we will have two more guests, um, one from the LGBT community, um, later on the podcast as well as someone from um the black community who i think all these marginalized groups can really relate in the same common denominator of hate speech um so a little kind of just to wrap it up um how would you do you think that there's a right way to that there's like you can justify if someone were to say it um, I, no, I really find it very hard to justify any kind of derogatory term or insult or any kind of term that does not promote inclusivity, um, equality, um, and just, you know, respect for the human race. I feel that anytime, um, a term is used, um, you know, in a derogatory way, there really is no excuse. There is really no justification for that. And I think that, especially in a society when we know better, we have to do better. Um, and I think that starts, you know, when students or when, I'm sorry, when kids are young, um, you know, very often adults now of an older age will often say, well, you can't say anything anymore without any being offended, without anybody being offended. Um, but there's a lot less offensive words that people can use as substitutes when you're, whether just be joking around or when you are talking about someone um, with a disability. It's something that's much more varied and less hurtful. Um, so I kind of think that, you know, as society, you know, our young, especially young people, we teach them not to use the R word, just as you would teach them not to use a racial slur or an ethnic slur. Um, and if you consider, or you hear a child or an adult using it, like I've mentioned prior, use that as a teachable moment. Um, and really just, you know, be confident and really say that's no longer an acceptable term um it's really a time to educate and like i said if we know better we need to do better i could not agree more um with if we know better we need to do better um well that's all the questions i have for you um i want to thank you very much and i appreciate your knowledge um and what you do for the education field as a whole um you are a very educated person, so you sharing your ideals with me will help me educate other people as well as my peers. Um, so I really do appreciate you coming on my podcast and talking with me today. Thank you so much for um, contacting me, and thank you for giving me the opportunity. This, this was wonderful. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. All right, guys, uh, that is all we have today right now um for the first marginalized group i'll be back in a couple minutes with next a guest from the lgbtq community stick with me hey guys um i am back here today with tim baker good family friend um so i just want to start this off by saying thank you tim uh for taking the time to talk to me and be a part of this podcast um, so I want this to be an open conversation for you to feel like you can say whatever comes to mind, seeing that it is your own personal experiences. Um, and also don't feel free, like you have to answer anything that you are uncomfortable with. 
Um, during this talk, I'm going to be focusing on marginalized groups and the use of derogatory terms toward these marginalized groups of people and why it is morally wrong and degrading to say when you're not specifically part of that specific community. Many terms start off as a pejorative or a slur and can later become adopted by the group that is discriminated against with that term and then become amelioration. Many people argue if one person is allowed to say it, why wouldn't everyone? So basically why I'm here today is to get your thoughts on this controversial topic. Um, so how about, can I just get you to tell me a little bit about who you are? Um, what you do, and just introduce yourself overall. Okay. So, yeah, Tim Baker. Um, you know, I'm a special education teacher working. I work over at uh, BOCES. I've been here for 21 years. Um, I've worked as an SBA and then kind of went back to school. I'm currently working as a special education teacher. And then uh, now in my... Um, second year for administration at U of R. <clears throat> so a, a little bit, uh, you know, more about me. Um, I kind of had a really kind of unorthodox, uh, I will say, growing up a little bit. I was in the foster care system for many years, um, different group homes and things like that. Um, so just kind of a roundabout way. I've had a lot of different experiences. And that is exactly why I wanted you to be a part of this. You're a very educated person and someone I respect um, very much. So what do you consider yourselves to be a part of a marginalized group? So, I mean, yeah, I think I think the biggest thing when I when I hear that word marginalized is I think of identity. Um, I re it really it really was for a lot of years. I would say until my late twenties, I would even say until my early thirties, uh, I struggled to identify, you know, with groups or with, even with myself. Um, so, but yeah, overall I would say yes. But again, that, you know, I, I use the word identify along with the terminology that you just used, um, and kind of link those together. Okay. Um, and so, with this identity, um, or this, you being a part of this marginalized group and with your own specific identity, um, I kind of want to focus on the terms or slurs, um, that can come along with maybe your identity. Um, are there specific words or language that you consider derogatory? Um... Yeah, so for me, you know, the, the one thing that I did learn was words mean, words have meaning, and then once again, they have another, uh, you know, another pillar of work uh, when we talk about context. So, I, you know, I definitely, you know, have associated or been associated with certain slang words or, you know, or grouping of words. But I also think, too, we, we don't talk enough about the context and, and how they're used and why they're used. For instance, when I was in high school, um, you know, I had teachers, I had administrators, had people that were respectful enough to obviously be guiding me in my own education. But um, using the word, you know, the term, you know, retard and things like that to describe, you know, someone's um, 
learning capability or where they were as far as, you know, mentally. And that was described for me. Um, so nowadays that word, that term is, is, is deemed inappropriate, um, offensive, all, all sorts of different things. And I think for me, even when it comes down to race, like, I, I mean, some of the words that were, you know, some of the slang words that are used today, I was directly called those words. I mean, I remember in my, I would say early years of my adopt before before I was adopted, my adopted family was ex- extremely, um, you know, abusive verbally uh, and mentally and socially, and they use they use the N word with us like that was our name. You know, I mean, I, I wasn't called Tim. Um, I remember getting birthday cakes with that word on it, um, describing us as you know as a descriptor more uh, than as a person with someone labeled as a name. Right. So um, I heard you mention the context um, behind the words. So for you, if there was ever a need that you feel to use that word or perhaps when someone um, you hear using it today, especially with your past, what kind of feelings does that bring up for you? Or what are your feelings towards um, that negative connotation behind the word? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so I would say, and again, I'll use a, a word that we're, we're used to, obviously, right now in the 20, 21st century. But it, it, at some point, it, you know, it kind of re-traumatizes me a little bit. Um, so, for instance, you know, I listen to a lot of different genres of music depending on my mood and things like that. And music is an art and music is a form of, of expression. And there's a lot of words that I think in music and in our songs and what younger kids are listening to that could be deemed offensive. But again, context and how they're being driven. So when I'm around, you know, people or I hear people say certain things and it's directive or it, or it has context or it has meaning about a person, you know, then I become defensive, you know, an example, like when the student, when the students come to me and like, or when they're talking to each other and they're saying, Oh, what's up? How you doing? You know, things like that. And they're using those language. I try to redirect them in a way that's going to educate them. I don't tell them to stop. Because I think what we were trying to do in society is saying, Hey, that's wrong. You guys can't, you know, we shouldn't be saying that's offensive. Well, there, you have to think of more of a, an educational way of, of saying it, right? Know your audience, understand where you are, you know, how you speak to your best friend who you grew up with all 20 years of your life. You're going to speak to them differently than you would speak to your boss, your supervisor. Right. Uh, you'll speak to them differently than you speak to somebody else. So I try to, I try to educate them about who they're around and their audience. Yeah, um, and I feel like that's a huge thing, especially um, in my generation. It sometimes that the N word could be used as a form of like familiarity or comfort, um, and so a lot of times it raises the question um, for white people, um, not me myself, but. Um, well, if they can say it, why can't I? I don't mean it in a negative way. I don't mean it in a mean way. Um, what would you say to someone who um, is predominantly like white? Um, what would you say to them if they had asked you that question? 
So uh, the first thing I would say is there's always a reason why we're saying something, right? All, all behavior has meaning. So when you say something, it has the, you, you're saying something because there's meaning behind it, right? It's like when you talk to somebody about swearing. You know, when they swear, you can, it's like more, it's more intent, you know, the intent is stronger, the expression. So I always talk to them like in a situation like that, if, you know, you know, somebody that's white is using language like that. It's the same conversation that I would have if they were black, Puerto Rican. Uh, it doesn't matter who. It's the same conversation and saying, OK, listen, it's not about not using the word. Who can use the word? It's how is the word being used and why? I think we don't we don't talk enough about with kids about that. It's almost like, hey, that's offense is OK. And then there's no other conversation behind it. That, to me, that's not the best conversation because we should always have we should always have some dialogue about why the word is is offensive. For instance, um, I'll give you a great example. You white, you know, white people who use that word, it's almost like an undertone. Like, okay, you 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 don't use the word, not at all. I'll give you an example. Like, so an artist like Eminem, you can listen to any of his albums anything he's ever put out he's never said the n-word and his explanation behind that is because he respects the culture that put him out of poverty that put him out of a he respects it right a lot of people disagree with that but my point is educate yourself around the use of the word educate yourself around the the use so uh, like for me it doesn't mean it was the best education but my education taught me that the the n i g g a that was that was music that was expression that was that was who we were you know what i mean that's how we felt that's how we feel the n i g g r were the people that uh uh our ancestors who were hung from trees and 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 drove drove into slavery and those are you know so when someone said the n i g g e r when someone said the word nigger that was like intent that was a direct Right. So it, I, I learned that in school. I remember I remember having conversations in the classroom at the cafeteria with like six, seven other black kids when I went to Churchville. When I went to, to the city, those same conversations were happening with white, black, Asians. It was still all happening. It's just we knew our intent. We knew our audience. If that if that helps. You. Yeah, no, it definitely does, because I really do. I agree with you in the fact that many people just know, like, ooh, you're not supposed to say that word, or, like, you're not supposed to use that word in this way, or, and so on. Um, But I truly don't think that enough people are educated um, behind, with the context of the word and what that word actually means in any situation, truly. Um, I feel that a lot of people, they just feel they have a right to say it when... For me, sometimes I don't necessarily think they do based on their education and what their, like, beliefs behind right. that word is. Right. And I, and I agree with you. Like, when, when I brought up the, the, word, the word retard, like, that, that, you know that was adopted by, by people who were educated. Right. That was, that was a term to describe, you know, your intellectuality. And now, it, you know... Um, intellectually disabled is now what we use. Well, it's not it, like, what does that mean? Well, we all know what that means. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that means, you know, to someone, to a young kid, that's like, oh, I'm not smart. 
That's what my kids say. Yeah. You know what I mean? So no matter what acronym, what, no matter what words you replace it with, it's still a word. It yeah. was adopted. And I heard it all the time, like, Tim Baker, you know, you're, you're not, you're, you're too retarded to go to school. You're too retarded to live on your own. You're too, like, so it's almost ingrained, it's, it's ingrained in you. And for that to become more, even racially, for the word, for the, uh, the, that's why I get so heated when I, when I hear that word, like the N-word, like, again, intent and context, because I heard that all my entire life. It's almost like I, I became numb to it. Yeah. So... No, I definitely agree with you. And especially with everything in your past. And I feel like that defines what that word means for you. And it could be different for everyone. Um, right. So um, just to wrap it up a little bit, um, in my class, uh, we focus on the social domain. Um, and so meaning that we're all born with a moral compass um and like what we know naturally um when we're born is right and wrong um so when you're when you're little you're not really taught that um hitting people is good it's like oh keep your hands to yourself or killing people is bad don't do that or other things like that um but what happens is then society and your environment around you can change your views and can normalize um actions and words and so that's why I feel that this controversial topic was super important to talk about and discuss um, when it comes to the social domain theory because it's a lot of the words and the hate speech that people use um, is wrong. People know that it's wrong, but since society has normalized it, that's when people think yeah. it's okay. And that's when people think, oh no, like my friend's black or my friend is like I have a sister who is um, disabled, like things like that, um, right. that they, they just try and um, normalize and kind of just state why they think they should be able to use it. Right. Absolutely. And I definitely think that you're right on that. And just to close out, too, uh, like when you said a few things there, like your environment, a lot of different things can change your vet and change you know, those values and those things that you, you know, that are normal for you. And I think the way that I grew up, you know, foster care did a lot of, um, you know, I'll just be flat out honest, foster care did a lot of damage to me. And I would say at 44, you know, I'm still learning how to, um, how to really navigate some of the, you know, some of the world as far as what you should have learned when you were like in your teenage years, you know what I mean? I see it every day with myself, but what I will say to that is, education and so when i go around i I go around and speak to schools all the time and i talk about and i know live i've I've told you this too like you know educate yourself on your excuses so if you feel like you can say something or oh i got this i can well educate yourself on that because there's always meaning behind something you wanna you wanna be able to have some type of uh clarity about why you're being able to do something so we have to dig deeper than that and i think you know, if we educate ourselves on the things that we, get, you know, we make excuses about every day about like, okay, oh, I have this or I have that. I've heard people say to me all the time, like, oh, my husbands are black. Did you know my husband's black? And like, like they think that's information I need to know. You know what I mean? Just to connect with me instead of like, hey, what music do you listen to? Or hey, like, and I think that's the biggest piece for me is like, if we want to really, really, really be honest about race, then we need to start seeing people 
for who they are and not the surface. And that's tough to do because that's the first thing your eyes see. You know what I mean? And it's it's one of those things. It's an ongoing thing. But the more that we educate ourselves, you know, the better off that we'll be having these conversations. Yeah, I really couldn't agree more with your statement about um, that. It's not just about how you look. It's not about your race or your skin color. Like get to know the person. Don't get to know their race. Like they're, they're totally right. different things. Um, right. But I really appreciate you coming on today and talking with me about um, this topic. Um, And I really appreciate um, you being honest and giving me your thoughts and opinions on it. So thank you very much for being with me today. Absolutely. Hello, guys. I am back here today with my third and final interviewee, um, Allie Strauss. Um, so first off, I just want to start this off by saying, um, thank you for taking the time to talk to me and being a part of this podcast. Um, so I want this to be an open conversation and for you to feel like you can say whatever comes to mind, um, seeing that it is your own personal experience. On the other hand, you don't have to say anything that you're not comfortable with or you don't feel like sharing. Um, So I'm just going to give you a little bit of rundown of what exactly um, the questions I have planned for you and how we're going to go about this. So during this talk, I'm going to be focusing on marginalized groups and the use of derogatory terms towards these marginalized groups of people and why it is morally wrong and degrading to say when you are not specifically part of that specific community. Many terms start off as a pejorative or slur and can later become adopted by the group that is discriminated against with that term, and they become an amelioration, or in other words, many um, groups are able to take back the word and use it as a sense of power and shows what they've overcome. Um, So many people also argue that if one person is allowed to say it, why wouldn't everyone? I'm here to get your thoughts on this controversial topic. So um, I'm just gonna have you start off by telling me who you are, what you do, um, and just introduce yourself overall. Okay, so um, my name is Allison Strauss. Uh, everybody calls me Allie. I'm a senior anthropology major at SUNY Geneseo. Um, yeah, I'm pansexual. I'm part of the LGBTQ community, and uh, it's a really good time being part of it. So... Um, when you say that you're pansexual, um, I feel like a lot of times there's a misconception on what pansexual really means. Um, could you just give um, the audience a little bit of background into what pansexual means for you? Sure. So it is my understanding that somebody who's pansexual is attracted to any and all genders, and that extends beyond the binary of male and female. Um, If you picture an umbrella term of a bisexual, you think of male, females, who they like. A pansexual kind of extends that to, I don't care if you are male or female. I don't care if you're non-binary. It's all about the person and not necessarily about the pronouns or the gender involved or what is their anatomy. I like that. Kind of like a soul lover more. Yeah. Um, So... Do you consider yourself to be a part of any groups or marginalized groups? I know you mentioned the LGBTQ community. Yes, Yes, definitely that one for sure. 
Um, but I also think it's imp- it's important to note that um, as a white person in the LGBTQ plus community, there are other marginalized groups within it that face other hardships that myself as a white person would not and could not ever fathom um, going through. Because when you think about it, not only are some people gay, but they could also be black, which is also at this point in time a group that doesn't necessarily have justice or equality um, across the board. So despite being in a marginalized group, I definitely consider myself um, somebody that doesn't go through as much as somebody else would in the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, I like that, looking at it um, as an umbrella, kind of like you said before, that there's the LGBTQ um, community, but and different genders and how they um, describe themselves and their sexuality, but also it could be seen the same way in the um, race aspect. Right. Um, so within this marginalized group, um, I want to focus on the terms or slurs. Um, and are there specific words or language that you consider derogatory? Um, well, I think one big one that I personally probably have heard the most is dyke um, or faggot or fag. Um, I think one that was... A, historically a very derogatory term was queer but in recent um like mo- in like modernity we see queer being um reclamated in, within the community to be more or less of like an identity so instead of being like oh that's so queer somebody now rec- reclaims that in the lgbtq community being like oh i'm queer but i don't definitely say queer dyke faggot um just those those ones are really the ones that cut deep for me at least or that i've been around um could you also say that when someone says oh my god that's so gay or you're so gay would you consider that also um offensive um i personally have been brushing that one off for as long as i can remember so i personally it definitely rubs me the wrong way, but it, it it's in my opinion that no one, no, you should not be able to say that. But for me personally, again, through the discourse that I've been around and that's been perpetuated around me, I hear it a lot. So I feel like if anything, I'm desensitized to it. Because, um, you know, even sometimes you can hear it from your friends and deep down you'd like to be like, they don't, they don't mean it like that. So, you know, not to take it personally in that aspect. But I do think that that, over time has become better but it's still definitely a prevalent issue because it means like it's like what do you mean by that like like and if anything i think if anybody if anybody has an issue with that i think a good question would be what do you mean by that when somebody says something what says oh that's so gay or oh that's so queer or don't be a queer like what do you what do you mean because there's really no way to go about it other than it being seen as derogatory yeah i agree um and even being like so asking them what what's their definition of that word and usually it's like oh that's so stupid or that's so weird or it's lame. rooted really it's rooted a lot in uh, a lot of toxic masculinity yes i mean you don't see anybody being like oh that's so lesbian you know what i mean like right <clears throat> um so again also with um um tim baker who you know um who i've also talked to 
Uh, we talked about how there's these many, there's many derogatory terms, but it's also about the context of the term. Right. And, and I think, go for it. No, I was just saying, and what becomes behind those words. Right. Um, that was actually what I was thinking of going into this, is that it really is all about the context. Like, if my straight friend was could, would be like, oh, Ali's queer as shit. Like, I know context-wise that that's not... That's just the fact of the matter. You know what I mean? Like, that's not taken as derogatory. But, you know, like, you could be walking past a group of guys and they're like, oh, like, she's queer. Like, it's all, I, I, like you said, it's all about the context. And with in-group versus out-group being able to say it, I think, again, people within the LGBTQ plus community that have and do use fag or dyke or be like, oh, like, don't be such a fag, like, that's our word to use in the same sense that a white people should not say the n-word you know like it was never meant for anybody else really to use other than for a derogatory term so if you're not part of that community and you're using it it's kind of like again like what are you insinuating what are you like and also i feel like it's, it's a testament like i can say oh i am a dyke and have nobody get offended because i am and, like, that's the power that I have to be able to say that. Not necessarily that I think I'm a dyke, but, like, if I wanted to say that, that's the power that I have in being who I am. And it's nobody else's place to be like, oh, look at her. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, especially because it is your personal identity um, as well as your sexuality. And who else has a say on that other than you? Right. Exactly. Um, so my next question would be... Um, well, you kind of answered what your feelings are um, about someone who is not part of the marginalized group saying them, even in a negative or positive way. I um, think I think also the negativity comes from a being from such a, a stereotyped base. Um, again, like going back to the dyke thing, if that's something I've heard the most is being like who I am, it's that or just how men in particular have referred to them like they might see a more masculine presenting female on the street and they might not be even gay at all, but they'd be like, oh, that dyke on the street just because they don't, aren't appearing to the male gaze in the way that they want them to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I guess, I don't know. It's all, it's like all about context. Yeah, for sure. Um, so how do you justify whether or not someone has the right to say um, these terms? Um, I think for anybody within the LGBTQ plus community, it's nobody else's business to say that they can't, um, again, because that's their own personal experience that they've gone through with a, that derogatory term or just a, the discourse that is perpetuated. But again, like, it's also tough because you can go about, you can go on and on about free speech, but Again, I don't think, I just don't think that it's right. And it rubs me the wrong way. And I know many, many people would be like, oh, I could care less. But just like knowing the root of it all and just the ignorance, I guess, that is behind it and choosing to say it when you have a plethora of other vocabulary words, it really, it really is telling, I feel like sometimes. And as somebody within the community, it's hard, I think, for me to get past the prejudices that I have of people who use those words in such ways or so freely 
like again a guy can be like oh that's so gay i'm gonna i'm gonna brush it off but again like that's still something that's like just like chipping away at like my personal iceberg you know what i mean it's just like ugh, like there's of all things and you choose that one right and i also i also think it's it makes a difference too uh like consideration wise like i know guys who have told my other friends who've been like oh well i didn't say this and this because like ali was there and like i stopped myself because i almost said like oh that's so gay but like obviously i wouldn't want to offend her and just like i think all of that also plays into part just like the lack of consideration and ignorance i guess behind it yeah i agree um another thing that i had talked about earlier um was just that or it's like why do you want to use it exactly you know what i mean it's like again like going back to a white person saying the n-word like why are you so fixated on saying it given the history and the terribleness of it like it just doesn't make sense to me for anybody to even want to put out that energy and to be honest the, this is the most this podcast is the most that i've said these fag queer like dyke in a very very long time because again like i just yes i might use it well i use queer a lot i will say that because i do identify myself as queer but again like that's for me to say and not anybody else and i and again given the loadedness of dyke fag etc like why would i even want to put that out especially since like you said before there are so many other terms and mm-hmm. words that people could use instead that are more of, respectful yeah and less loaded yeah for sure um so something that we had talked about before was just also the education um of the person behind the word and i feel mm-hmm. like that also a lot of times plays into part um unfortunately yes yeah um whether they're a super educated person they could be educated about space but the t- but they this- might not know that they're what the gender binary is you exactly know what I mean? and that i don't know i feel like that's a lot of people nowadays it's like they either know or they don't and it's very polarized mm-hmm. you know what i mean and people aren't really going out of their way to type in wait i heard pansexual on tv today like what does that mean yeah like it's just kind of considered like part of like the otherness of it all but yeah um no i don't know I, if that question no it does i i agree completely um in just the education as a whole a lot of time people aren't taking that time to educate mm-hmm. or themselves. care enough to. yeah right exactly and again, like, I do think it's a privilege to be able to be in my position, um, just again, like, as a white person in the community and somebody who has had the ability to learn through, like, gender studies courses. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Joe Schmo on the street's not going to know, like, freaking essentialist theory versus whatever. And, like, again, I think that's a privilege to be able to know that. But I also think it's almost a burden in the sense because people expect you I guess someone part of the community to educate everybody else but then again like why is that on me to have to be like oh actually this is what that means like blah 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 right I agree um so kind of just to wrap this up um in this class more specifically um we talk about many different theories um and so the one that I've focused on for um this project it has been the social domain theory. Um, 
so a little bit more in depth with that i don't know if you're aware of what that is but um pretty much the social domain theory is where you're born with a moral compass um and what we naturally know before society changes our views and how we go about things um and then it kind of it goes along with this topic very much because i feel like for a lot of people, these words have become normalized because of mm -hmm. society and because of the environment that they are around and things like that. So growing up, it's like, oh, keep your hands to yourself. Like, don't hit. Like, let's respect mm -hmm. other people's spaces. Um, but that could change so quickly based on someone's environment or right. what they're being taught or being told around them. Or just what they experience in and of themselves. Exactly. So I think that's where um, a lot of people think that they have this right to say it. And they feel just that they... Just because they were around. Yeah. Exactly. Like, people are like, oh, my, my sister is gay. I can say right. that. But, like, in reality, um, what no. gives you the right to say that? Um no, but especially when you haven't had to deal with any of the hardships that many of these marginalized groups, especially the LGBTQ um, plus community has had to deal with. Um, right. So it's just not their place. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's all I have for us today. Um, I just want to thank you very much for coming on and talking with me. Um, and listening I hope to... I didn't ramble too much. No, you didn't. Not at all. Um, any information is good information and it's going to educate someone out there. Um, definitely. And that's what the whole, um, point of this podcast is, is to educate myself, not only, um, but also everyone else who gets a chance to listen to this. I feel like, um, education is going to be a huge part of how we are going to be able to change society. So this is maybe a tiny step, but it's a step. You're right, and I'm glad I could be a part of it. Thank you. All right, guys, that is all I have for this podcast. Um, I'm not really sure if I'll be doing another one since this was for an assignment, but thank you for listening, um, and I hope that you get um, as much out of this as I did. That's my mistake. Um, we actually, we're not to the LGBTQ community quite yet, but first we're going to take a look at the um, black community um, in itself with my good friend Tim Baker. Come on right up.